I'm Rachel Hollis, and I've built a multi-million dollar media company with a high school diploma and the free information I found on the internet. In the 15 years that I've been building and scaling my company, I have become deeply passionate about helping other entrepreneurs to do the same. So each week, I'll be sharing tangible and tactical advice and inspiring interviews with the same intention. These are the tools to change your life and your business. This is the Rise Podcast. Hey friends, today on the Rise Podcast, I am so excited to introduce you to one of my dearest friends, Chris Chandler. If you have ever had the pleasure of taking one of Chris's Soul Cycle classes, then you know his special brand of magic. If you're not already familiar, you're going to get a whole lot of him at this year's Rise Conference. Today, we're talking about all the things, what it means to come up in the fitness industry, what it means to come out in a Christian family, and despite what you may believe, I promise it is not actually sponsored by SoulCycle. Here is our conversation. We had we had drinks, I don't know, like last month, and yeah. it was such a good conversation about health and what it means to be healthy and how you can thrive in your life, and I was like, dang, I got to have him I got to have him on the podcast. So before we get into all the groovy, good things that are going to be helpful for people who are starting out a new year, yeah, tell us about yourself. Ooh. Yes. The open-ended, oh, tell yeah. us about yourself However question. that goes for you. Um, hello, everybody out there. Um, my name is Chris Chandler. I um, live here in Austin, Texas with my husband and three dogs. <laughs> George, Buddy, and Jovi. Yes, no, yes. In case you're wondering, and Buddy and Jovi, the Elf movie. Obviously, obviously, we need to give note to that. Yes, um, we have three chickens as well. Of course, did you, you know do. that? I didn't know. What are the chickens' names? Beaker, Becky, and Dion. Okay, we actually did not. We weren't planning on having the chickens, but when we were buying the house, they have a chicken coop and on the signing when we got the keys like oh the owners left the chickens for you not true true texas so hashtag texas Texas. so do you get fresh eggs yeah oh but you're vegan what do you do with your eggs do you eat your fresh eggs (laughs) oh it's coming out it's all coming out i would when we first it was like christmas morning yes like open up the chicken coop and the eggs were there yes um but now we like we get it and we just give it away to people now. <laughs> How funny! Brad made a Brad's my husband. Um, Brad made a cake one time and like used eggs to make the cake extra delicious, cakey and delicious. Yeah. yeah. Um, I love that you're like it's, this is like your confession. <laughs> confession. Oh my gosh, I'm a vegan that eats eggs and honey. <laughs> um, how do we know each other? Tell tell about that. Um, Rach and I met in L.A. Yeah. Wait, did we? I thought I, I thought I took your class for the first time. Here, I thought we met in Los Angeles. Did we? Okay. The world sometimes so, blends yes, for me. Yeah, it could um, be could be real. I remember your first class when we had come to do the very first rise here in Austin, and Sammy and Beans were like, "Let's go." That's probably where it was. And do our friend Chris? Y'all went to college. Yes. Yeah? Um. So our friend Chris, he's an awesome Soul Cycle instructor. And I love Soul. She was like, "This would be a great way to start the day," and we went, and. It is, if you've never done a soul cycle class, I always describe it as like church and therapy and like a dance party 
in a pump-up session. Yeah. And you are so unique in what you do, which is why, which is why. <laughs> I'm blushing. I'm no, blushing. it's so true. No, it's so true. Um, there, um, it's why uh, we're working on the first day of Rise this year is the health, health day. day. Yeah. Um, and you're the MC, and you're ah! on stage with me, and it's going to be <laughs> awesome because I wanted everybody in the audience to get to experience the magic of getting to learn from you and being encouraged by you mm. in a way that only you can do. So, <laughs> how'd you get into soul? Thank like, how you. did that? How did Thank that you for happen? that. Yes, it makes of me course. feel so good. Of course. Um, well, I'll backtrack. Yeah. Do it. And I may go on a bunch of different tangents. We're ready but for it. I was such a soul hater. Mm-mm. I was a hater. Really? I was like, who in their right mind would pay $30 yes. for 45 minutes of their it's time? It's very expensive. People in it Ohio is, right now just like wreck their like, <gasps> Yeah. $30? I could get a month and a half at whatever gym. Yeah. You know? And it ended up being my safe place Mm. my safe haven for me to feel and express myself and um so even further back my father passed away from cancer in may of 2013 Mm -hmm. and i was living in la and my mom lives in chicago and i went home to be with her after my dad died i went and stayed for two weeks in hospice with my dad and like had our final moments together. And I actually came out to my dad two weeks before he died, like that week. And I had all these different preconceived ideas of how he would respond. Mm -hmm. And it was different Mm -hmm. than anything I had ever expected. And because you grew up in a very religious home, very religious home. Um, And so I had ideas based on prior conversations of what we how it would turn out Mm -hmm. and it surprised me in the best way possible and I felt nothing but love and acceptance and adoration even um from coming out to him and being truthful with who I am Mm. um I was working at the university that I had been at before and like I said I decided to go home and be with my mom and in that six month period I kind of went through all different things. I came out to my mom after that. Um, I came out to my family and friends and- May I ask, was everybody as accepting as your dad? In my immediate circle, yes. Mm -hmm. But like some family friends, no. Mm -hmm. Um, Or wouldn't be to my face accepting or Mm -hmm. like deliberately not ask about that part of my Mm -hmm. life, you know? Which, how does that feel? When you're when you're walking through it, when I'm walking through that, it feels debilitating. Yeah, it does. I, um, I think it's worth asking because I feel like there are probably listeners who maybe don't have anybody in their life. Well, you probably do, right? <laughs> but you don't right. really you don't have anyone right. in your life that's ever had to come out or right. or go through that place. And I think sometimes, like I think of like my mima. Right. My mima's attitude would be like, "Well, we're gonna love you." But we're going to not talk about that thing. We're going to ignore that it's here. We're not going to acknowledge it in any way. And that almost feels like, like love the sin or hate the love the yes. sin or hate the sin. Yeah. Mentality. Yeah. But also that there's a piece of you, a huge piece of you, like right. the core of who you are, that um, we're just going to pretend doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. Yeah. Or like, for example, if my sister was dating someone, they would ask, oh, who are you dating? Who are you dating? Who are you dating? 
And then like if I Steve, yeah, and then <laughs> like that question wouldn't even be. Oh, I see. I see. So it's like little subtleties like that. Oh, meaning they would ask her who she was dating and not ask you. Right. Yeah. Because that is just like off limits. Yeah. Um, My my experience with it is we have some mutual friends who had a really hard journey as they came out. Yeah. Um, And so that that's my memory of it. But I think that experience, the way people treated them when they came out will did forever change my opinion of how we love people and how we oh, show yeah. up for people and how we accept them because I was so disheartened by that. Right. And I love you telling your story because I know that there's someone listening right now who will perceive it in a different way right. of what it means to, to love someone well, um, even if you don't understand right. them. And you know, in the moment, you know when you like get a critique and it's the only thing that consumes your mind, but you've in the past 10 days had like, all these different shining reviews or something like that or yes. whatever. Yes. The one critique clouds your mind. Yeah. Instead you don't recognize how accepting and loving all the people that you thought weren't going to were for you. Mm. And so it was a good reminder for me to allow people to have their own experience with what they believed about who I am mm-hmm. and also detach myself from it. Mm. Um, so wait, I just want to dig into that because I think that's really powerful. So even if someone wasn't behaving in a way to you that was what you would consider loving, like you still, then your attitude was still like, I'm going to have enough love or respect for me, for you to let you process this how you need to. Yeah. That's incredible. I'm pretty sure my mom will be okay with this. Yeah. My mom will be okay with it. My mom and I have been on a journey when it comes to this and right now my mom is like the most pro i love my son and my son-in-law that i feel like anybody could ever be and we've had experiences where i've had to allow her to unpack and unwind her own programming of what she felt about this topic without having someone that was directly affected by that topic homosexuality if you will yeah yeah. Does that make sense? No, that's awesome. Because um, I, I think that it there everyone obviously processes things differently. But if you presume that everyone's going to f- know or figure it out or, or respond the way you want to, right. particularly those, especially if you're older and especially if you grew up with certain doctor nations or, yeah. you know, the ideals um, – that you believe like that's how that's how my family that's how yeah. I was raised that's how my family was raised and I think I was able to extend that in certain instances because for so much of my life I believed that I wasn't enough or that I should change because I had these feelings or that it took so long for me to rewire that mm-hmm. thinking that I know that other people would probably need some time too yeah what, is there, um, and by the way, you can at any time be like, nope, I don't want to answer that question. Right. I just yeah. it out. But um, what was, like you grew up in a, a religious home, yeah. you went to a Christian college. Yeah. Um, so were you, did you know the whole time and you were um, afraid to let people know or you were trying, you were practicing the part? Like I was practicing if, the yeah. part. I knew the whole time, but I don't think that I had the, the language to... Um, the language and exposure to feel like I could identify with something. Mm -hmm. For example, like 
for me, the only exposure I had to someone who would identify as gay as someone that was like heavily addicted to drugs and ended up um, committing suicide. And then like other people who were, which is just who they are, were more effeminate. And Mm -hmm. that just wasn't something that I feel is a part of me. And Mm -hmm. so I think I was searching for my own like, okay, is that me? Mm. Is that who I am? Yeah. And but then also I didn't want to give up this this part that I felt was sacred, my faith. Yeah. But I felt like they were at war with one another. Wow. But actually in college was when I dug deeper and had my theology and biblical studies professors like go through it at a deeper level than I've ever had in a church setting. Yeah. And that allowed me to love myself. Mm. So it's actually pretty ironic. Um, is, is irony the yeah, term? Yeah, irony would be the term. That yeah. like my biblical studies professors with all these different degrees and like experiences allowed me to feel like I was loved just as I am. Which is the foundation of Christian faith. <laughs> Which is the foundation. <laughs> Which is so, so crazy um, that you're loved and yeah. worthy. I mean, that's the gospel. <clears throat> like you're loved and worthy and enough as you are as you right are. now today. Mm-hmm. Oh, dang it. And we got boom, way boom, off boom, topic, boom, but boom, gosh, boom. I love it. <laughs> so tell me then how so, you're in Chicago. How then did soul play into this healing time? Frame? Right. Because is that when you got into it? No. Oh, okay. So I didn't work and I was just there with my mom, helping around the house, doing the different things that like nobody tells you you have to do after someone dies Mm. and like the logistical things. And then I was also flying back and forth. I was gifted like one of those buddy passes. And so I could be with my mom, but then at the drop of a hat, go fly to California and like hang with my friends for the day and then come back, Mm -hmm. which was like a beautiful experience. And uh, I decided I was going to run a marathon. I don't know this story at all. No, I was I going love to it. run a marathon. Okay, wait, what year is this? This is 2013. Okay, great. And you're how old? I am. What's, how, how old are you right now? 30? I am 29. You're 29, so you're 24. So I was 24. 24, 26. Funny thing is, yeah. I was a math major my freshman year, and I could not do that at the time. Oh, don't head. worry. <laughs> don't you worry. Um, and I decided, I was like, you know what? I need to do something for me that challenges me, that gives me structure, that allows me to feel committed to something because although that like six month period was awesome and I could like fly by the seat of my pants, I needed some sort of structure if I was going to stay through the holidays, which backtracking, my idea was to be back in California before Christmas. But then I was like, Christmas was a very sacred time for my family. Why would I leave my mom in the first Christmas without my dad? Yeah. And so I was like, okay, how am I going to run this marathon? Well, I need some athletic clothes. What company can I work for as a seasonal employee? And I was like, oh, my cousin works at Lululemon. Let me see if I can get a job. And I got the job because I wanted to get cheap clothes, and I ended up like falling in love with the company culture. Wow. And they do have a really rad culture. Wanting to like that introduced me to vision casting for my life, mm-hmm. goal setting. And I ended up staying with the company after transferring to um, Glendale, California. That's where we live forever. You were at the um, I was at the Americana. Americana? Yeah. 
I, our paths were probably for sure. You probably like helped me find <laughs> like a sports bra at some point in my life. I'll tell you all about it. I, bet. I know all about those fabrics, oh, girl. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I love Lululemon. Yeah, I went to that store all the time. Yeah. I miss the Americana actually. The Americana is like all the things you need. It's, it's if you've never been, it's like a big outdoor mall that sort of looks. It's adult Disneyland with a huge fountain that plays yes. that plays like, the prayer by yeah. Andrea Bocelli yes. every single yes. night. Yeah, and there's couples making out. Yeah, and it's yeah. just like it's a thing. Yeah. It's a totally thing. It's like Bellagio, but in, <laughs> but in the L.A. suburbs. Um, and so, so you're at Lululemon. I'm at Lululemon, and they have Lululemon has a great company perk that they allow you to work out as part of their benefit. And I tried SoulCycle for the first time. Skipping back, I ran my marathon. I was committed to it in 15 degree weather in Chicago. Went to Newport Beach because that's where it was, and ran it. And I was like. What you I ran would a find, full. I ran, ran a full. full. Wow. Never As your first it. race? Yeah. You didn't do a 5, no. 10K half. You went. Well, I've done a 5K before, like a turkey trot with friends. Yeah, no, no. But, but you didn't like... do a half. Because most people who are training for the first time are like, I'll try a 10K. Then I'll try a half. And I was like, go big you or go went, home. You went big all the way. Yeah. Okay, whoa. What was that experience like? Um, It was one of the hardest things I've ever yeah. done. It's... And I wasn't very educated on what to do. So I oh. downloaded like an app that told me what how much I should run, what I should be doing. I didn't cross train at all. I ended up hurting my knee. Mm. It's better now. Like, I, and I ran the LA marathon with my friend yeah. after that to like yeah. give myself a redemption round. Yeah. Um, how was that run? Brutal. It was Which, 94 degrees outside. I think we ran the same one. Yeah. No. It was the worst. The worst. It was in like February yeah. and it was in the 90s. It was yeah. like this freak thing. And people were literally dropping, dropping as we were running. And that was such a... I added an mess. hour and 15 minutes to my time. That I, I ran the LA Marathon in five and a half hours. Right. People are like, oh, I you know, finally did a personal best, two and a half hours or whatever. I'm like, good for you. I think we did that the yeah. same. Yeah. Because I think my out, mine was like five hours and 45 minutes It wasn't. Like mine that. was not fast. No. But I finished and I never walked. That and was that the only is thing. It. <laughs> That's all that, that matters. That is it. But it was it was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. But I was so aware the entire time about how powerful our bodies are. Right. Like what I still think of that, and I still think oh, of yeah. like um, I was sitting in the bath the other night, and I was thinking I've been having some fun in the holiday season, been yeah. eating some foods, you know, <laughs> still getting my workouts in, but I've been having some fun. As you and should. I looked down and. I've got a nice little pooch, you know, in the bath. I got a nice little pooch and I got the stretch marks going and I started to go like, oh, Rach. And then I was like, I made myself stop right in that moment. And I was like, like right now, thank your body for what it's done. Like these legs have run a marathon. That stomach has carried, carried three, three babies. Yeah. These arms have like right now, like look at what you have. And I do think as as y'all are listening to this, there's something really powerful as we start a new year of physically challenging yourself in some way. Just, yeah. not, not, not a marathon, just some kind of physical challenge so that you can celebrate what your body's capable yeah, of. Totally. One of my favorite things that you said during a soul cycle class. Tell me. Um, because you say, I mean, I'm not kidding. I like I, I wish that you were allowed to like have a phone in there because I would just rip off all your quotes. Because <laughs> later I can't remember what you say, but in the moment I'm like, dang man, he pulled that from the depths of his soul. Um, but you said something like, We're all in this room because not because we want to look a certain way, but because we want to feel a certain way. 
And I think that's such a beautiful definition of reaching for great health yeah. and like reaching for a better version of you. I love that. Is that like a company motto and I'm too dumb to know it? No. Or that's your I mean, own personal thing? I mean, most of SoulCycle is it's getting lost in the music. It's feeling good. It's not feeling like you're working out and then all of a sudden it's over and having an experience that's more than physical. I'm right? um, just real quick. If anyone is, do not buy Chris's. It feels like a workout. I mean, it feels like He's a workout. Like, Don't it get me wrong. It doesn't feel like a workout. But no, I, you will die. You Chris will, will make your arms. You will thrive. Cry. You, you will thrive. thrive. <laughs> you will thrive. It is. It You'll is feel, the best. Sorry, workout maybe ever. not feeling like you're working out is the bad thing, but to get lost in your movement. You do absolutely to because lose track of the time. To you dance. Yeah, yeah. You dance on the bike, which makes zero sense if you haven't done a class before. Right. You're what like, I what love is about Soul Cycle. This is not an ad. This sounds this like a big ad. giant ad for Soul Cycle, and it's not. If anyone follows me, they know I'm a big fan. Yeah. Um, what I love about a class is that every kind of person is on a bike. Every size, every shape, every age, every color, yep. every kind of person is on a bike. And I feel like a lot of times with gyms or, or different places, there's a certain like if you have a certain look or a certain aesthetic, then you're like the right, right one here. Yeah. And what I love about soul is that like it I don't know, you do you that A, it's not that vibe, and B, watch out. Because some people, you're like, oh, where did that come from, right. sister? You just, ki- I don't know, they're whipping their hair. They're whipping hair, their hair, they're, doing they're the whooping, whole they're thing. hollering, yeah. they're singing. And I always have to remember my, like, like I've been saying, I was a hater. I was like, why would anybody ever pay that money for 45 minutes? And then I need to remember my first experience. Well, tell me about it. Okay, so it goes back to... I needed something after I was done with my marathon to feel like I felt after my runs. And after my runs, I felt more clear. I felt like I was able to process. I was going um, to see a therapist while I was in Chicago at the same time. And it's running and therapy coincided with one another. And after my running phase was over, I needed something that gave me the same feeling of being able to process, being able to feel, and also feel better afterwards. And so right after my first soul cycle class, I felt like I was just done with my runs or just had gotten out of my session with my therapist and being like, whoa, that was really hard. Whoa, that was not easy. And whoa, it was worth every second. Wow. Um, how did you go from that to instructor? I always wonder how people make that leap. Well, after that first time, it was like I got a taste of it and I needed more. And I kept going and kept going. And the particular instructor that I would go to in Los Angeles, um, she's... Is it Danielle? Well, Danielle was yeah. my friend who's worked at Lululemon with me. Okay. And then I would start taking her class. But the first class I ever took was Angela Davis. And if you're in Los uh, Angeles and you're she on, like, listening, Women of Faith tour. Is Women that... of Faith tour. Yeah. She was in that Amy Schumer movie. movie. She's amazing. She's incredible. Yeah. Oh, she's church she's on a the bike. instructor. Yeah, yeah, she is church on a bike. And she was my first taste of like what this wow. whole space could be. And then I started riding with more people with my friend Danielle, and she worked at Lululemon I while she was Danielle's first. I love Danielle's classes. I miss. I miss. Shout out to Danielle in Shout Pasadena. Danielle. If you're she, in Pasadena, go Hollywood. take her class. She's in Hollywood sometimes, and too. downtown Los Angeles. Yeah. Now. Oh, now she's in DT. Yeah. Um, she's fantastic. She's she fantastic. she has a very. What is so rad about instructors is they all have a very specific style. Yeah. And Danielle is like 
to me, very spiritual, calming. I used to go to her on Sunday evening because it was like the perfect thing to do to mellow down before you went into your week. She was awesome. She's amazing. Um, And I had started, I had been writing for like seven or eight months. And then I just asked her, I was like, what was it like to audition for Soul Cycle? Like, what is it? And you audition? You audition. It is straight up like a. Like, you audition before you know how to ride a bike? Well, what? like I'm so confused. So you audition, they put a microphone on you for the first time and you basically like would teach what your class would be. You know how to ride obviously now. Okay, okay. Sorry, it had been 8 months since I had first taken my class. But you don't go to training? You audition and then you go to training. Oh, this is bananas. Yeah. Okay, so you were like I'm going to go audition. Yes. There are people writing like people the- like so you teach for your other people who are auditioning. So there's like, it's crazy. And you have two songs and I don't know how they do it nowadays, but they would just like switch it over in the middle and they would see how you would adapt to it and then transition and coach. You get to pick your songs though? Yeah. Okay. It was Lay Em Down by Need to Breathe. It was one that would show like your soul and one that would show like your party. Yeah. And the other one is a mashup of. (laughs) I'm, I'm ready for it. It's the Lion King. <laughs> I was taking a drink of your coffee. I almost just spit it on Chris. It's Lion King. Which and song? Which song? It's Circle of Life. Of course. Uh, seven. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. This feels right. Mashed up with um, Lil Wayne's "Stuntin' Like My Daddy," <laughs> and that was like an ode to my father that a little bit. Feels perfect. <laughs> so, like in a funny way, I was able to like but, show. But my... what I'm so confused about is that I always thought that everything you're doing there, like, how would you? I guess you would take what you had done in classes, yeah. and you just try and adapt it. Totally. I'm trying. And to think they of, know. Like, how they know that. that like you wouldn't. You don't know how to teach a soul cycle yes, class. Yes. Okay, yet. that's good. They're like, so do you have the attitude? Or and the... they can teach you anything, but is it how do you own a space? How do you take command of a room? How do you connect with people? Mm-hmm. And they can see that right yeah. from the start. The yeah. experts at it. Yeah. So, that is your spiritual gifting, is your ability to connect with people. You think so? Absolutely. A hundred percent. And everyone who's coming to Rice is gonna get it. Because, Brad was asking me yeah. the other day, he's like, What is your main goal in what you do? And we're like building my website and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I was like, I want people to connect with themselves. So much so that they feel like they can see themselves in another person and then connect with them. Say that, say that, unpack that. Like, I want to understand that fully. I think in this day and age where everything's go, 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 where social media will like grip at your attention, where there's all different things vying for a little piece of who you are, that we are so desperate to connect inwardly. And when we have that depletion of not connecting with ourselves, we don't connect with other people. Mm. Did that make sense? Yeah, it did. How? What are the things that you do? I, I definitely, I'm going to cheese ball because we're talking right. about it, but I, I think I get that in a soul cycle class. Right. Like that is, this sounds um, so cheesy and people are 100% like this will annoy some people. Right. Um, and I don't say this in a disrespectful way, but it is a, it is a spiritual experience. Right. It is a, it is a, 
it, it's whatever you want it to be, really. It's right. meditative or it's fun or it's a party. But for me, I always feel like it's um, 45, uh, 45 minutes of prayer right. set to a Beyonce soundtrack. Of course. Which is <laughs> which, really what I need. Let's be real. It's prayer. <laughs> that's that's be, all we need. Let's get in formation. <laughs> let's, let's get in this formation prayer. Um, that's incredible. Yeah. And, I mean, when you think about it, it's in a dark room. Mm-hmm. It is moving your body in a way that you're uncomfortable with on a bike. And, like, you're vulnerable and exposed, and there's no other option but to connect with yourself. And then it's my job to facilitate an energy in a room where people not necessarily feel comfortable connecting with people because connection's not comfortable, Mm -hmm. but feel like they have the ability to connect. Mm -hmm. The advanced reader copies of Girl Stop Apologizing are officially out in the world, which means for the first time ever, people besides my editor are reading my new book. And I can't wait for you to read it too. I wrote Girl Stop Apologizing because I wanted to give women permission to do just that. Stop apologizing for who you are. Stop apologizing for the dreams and goals and hopes you have for your life. The tagline for this book is a shame-free guide for embracing and achieving your goals. So if you have big audacious dreams for your career or great, fantastic personal goals for yourself, this is the book for you. It comes out March 12th and you can pre-order now on Amazon.com. Yes, I just was remembering this about you, and I learned not to do it because if I do, you'll get on to me in a class. And I think this was like even before we even knew each other that well. Okay. But you don't let people look down. Are you aware of that? Sometimes, yeah. Or at least you've caught me like many times I've been corrected for that in your class where it's like you don't let them hang their head. There's something like physical about like I would – looked like oh this is so hard i like looked. oh i right. should put i'm sorry the sound guy's like what are you doing You're i'm glad physically looking down at my lap but i would look down and you'd either come over or you'd call me out and be like rachel you you were good. like and there was something about having to raise your head that made me stay present in that moment yeah. instead of like because my attitude is like this thing is hard i'm gonna blank out my mind right. and just try and get through it. That's right. kind of my MO. Yeah. Like, oh, just power your way through it. Don't think about it. But the physical act of having to raise your head, like I'm not going to, I'm not going to, basically I'm not going to take a defeated posture right. because that will pull me out of what this moment is. Yeah. So I don't know if that's something you do for everybody or you do have an intuitive ability to just be like, you there, ma'am. <laughs> ma'am. Girl with the extension. <laughs> Raise your raise your head, queen. Your crown's Look gonna up. fall off. You're beautiful just yeah, as you are. Exactly. Um, you know, I think a lot of it has to do when you do look down. A lot of other systems in your body start to take control, and so it's an intentional movement in your posture to open yourself up to what's happening around you. Mm-hmm. And you could still have a very personal, intimate experience while being open to what's happening in the spaces yeah. that are left and right and front yeah. and back. So talk, talk about if someone's never taken a, a class before, yeah. one of the things I think people would find hard to believe, uh, honestly, this is the greatest soul cycle ad ever. And I know. It's not a soul cycle. Soul cycle. Ad. You they can better talk send me some free rides. <laughs> I need a, I need a right. package, please. <laughs> uh, but um, I think people would be surprised to understand 
like the things that happen to people on the bike. Meaning, I've done classes before where I've just like broken out bawling, right? Like, ha- you know, having a great time dancing. Like, people really work through work through it. And why is that? Is it the physicality of? I think the physicality yeah. is the bridge and the, and the doorway music too. and the music. And that's the key to a good instructor. If they don't like good music, or if they don't like the kind of music you like, right? What, you got a vibe with you it. You got a vibe. Um, and I feel like half your playlist. I'm like, are you reading my diary? Yeah, <laughs> um, sorry, what was the question? Oh no, I was just like some w- people wouldn't believe kind of the transformations oh, yeah. that happen, and which especially I think like is- I am now in the practice of before I go into class saying what I know about myself is true. Yeah. And I think that's something that like you do in your journals of like Yes. I am this. Yeah. I am this. This is what I want for yeah. my day and writing into the present tense. Yeah. And so right now, the four things that I've been writing is um I'm joyful, I'm inspiring, um, I'm a bridge builder, and I am me. Yeah. And then I put that on a post-it note, and then I always put a blank post-it note to the other side of the keyboard. It's on my computer. And I have a blank because I can take that and then be open to what is going to happen in the room. Yeah. And whenever I look over, even if I can't see it because it's dark, I know what, what that, I'm doing. Yeah. What it's I'm so doing. funny. So Brendan, Brendan Burchard, we did an interview with him a couple yeah. weeks ago. And he said, so his thing is he creates physical triggers for himself. So one of his triggers is walking through a doorway. Okay. Every single time he walks through a doorway, he he does uh, something like this. What does he say? And his thing is, I am a happy man ready to serve. Okay. Or I am, you know, like, here I am. These are my, this is who I am and this is what I'm here to do. And I just, I love that intention. I love that intentionality. My husband always says, who am I here to serve? Mm. Or how can I be open or used as a vessel? Yeah. There's a, I'm talking about Brendan reminded me, um, he has a book that I love and in it he talks about um, people and he says there's two kinds of people. There's people who walk in a room and go, here I am. And the other kind of the person, the other kind of person, which is who you are, Mm. is the person who walks in the room and goes, oh, there you are. Hmm. Instead of here I am, there you are. You have that makes me feel really good. good, and it's a very I haven't thought about it like yeah. that. All yeah. I keep thinking about is Britney Spears' song "Circus." <laughs> There's only two types That's of people, people in, in the world. world. <laughs> yeah, we, we promise we won't get too serious. But no, I do. I do think that that's something. Maybe it's because you're f- not from LA, but I knew you from LA circles, yeah. and that's not normal in LA. Mm. Um, I was even we um, Chris's birthday was a few weeks ago, and yeah. we're out at um, a brewery out in the fields here because that's what you do in Texas. And you go to a field and you drink beer. You drink beer, <laughs> and there were so many people there. And in LA, the tendency would be like, I'm going to go talk to these two people and kind of everyone else, and I'm going to keep on the lookout for who matters more. Mm-hmm. I would say this about Brad too. Both of you are so. You are like with the person that you are talking to. Hmm. You see the person that you like. I don't know that it, that is one of your innate gifts. Is that whether it's in a class or in real life? I know you're my friend, so I'm just <laughs> you up. But I feel like you really see people, and you like give them. That's a that's a rare thing. Because like, think of it on the other side of the spectrum. What's the worst feeling when you're interacting with someone? Yeah. When they're being pulled in seven million different directions. Yeah. Or they're looking at their phone and then they look up and they're like, oh. What did you say What'd you again? Say? Yeah. And so, like, I don't know if 
I can't. Did you say this? Connection is the currency that will never go bankrupt. Uh-uh. I wish I did. I don't know if that was me or I got yeah. read it. So I probably read it somewhere. Whoever <laughs> did that, really I'm not stealing that from you, but I'm putting it out there. Um, and that's what I believe is the basis for my soul cycle class and yeah. for how I want to be as a human being in the world is yeah. to be one that's open to connection and what's around me in whatever capacity is possible. And uh, that's really worthwhile, I think, for people who are listening who are building careers or teams or products in, I mean, really any industry, but in the fitness industry for sure. Oh, yeah. Is that you truly have built a reputation. And just to give you a, a an idea, you can't get into Chris's class in Austin. You can't. He's my friend and I can't get it. Every like Friday, I'm like, oh, maybe I'll take Chris's class. Nope. Already sold out. There are some classes that are open. Um, But are there? (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I'm I'm teasing you, but just to give people an idea of how popular your classes Mm. are and how loyal your audience is, um, that you have built this following and this reputation through word of mouth, which nobody does in 2018, 2019 and beyond. Like nobody's doing that. And it's really, I think, one person at a time like you've, I don't know that that you weren't even, I, I just know you. So I know that yeah. you weren't like, oh, how do I get more people in my classes? Right. You were just like, let me take care of this person in front of me. Right. And then the side effect was that person loved the experience so much that then they told someone else. Yeah. So if someone's listening and they're building a similar business or career, what, what are the things you've learned in the last couple of years that you could share with them? So... I've been teaching SoulCycle for um, almost four years now. And like, there's definitely been trial periods of like, what works and what doesn't. But the common denominator, like I said before, is like, are you connecting with the person in front of you? And yes, like, music matters. And like, is your class challenging enough? Is it blah, blah, blah? Do you create a space where people feel welcome? But the connection is what matters. And people want to see, they want to see something to look up to, but at the same time, they want to see humanity. Mm. So in terms of like people that have their own business, I think of this as like the difference between online and retail. The reason why I would go to a retail store is because I would want that human interaction experience where someone's there to help me right then and there. And if they are not connected or in tune with the mission or goal of the business, I will leave a store because I'm like, I could go online and return it and do that. And And so like people could ride a bike at home. People could ride a bike outside, but what would make them want to experience something is the connection that they have with either themselves or the people around them or with me, I guess. How do you, <laughs> that sounds weird. No, 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 no. That's right. real. Right. How do you get better? Cause I assume that you're a better teacher than you were a year ago or two yeah. years. So what are the things that you are doing? I'm sure the, the company you work for has some um, training, but yeah. are there things that you do to make sure that you're improving and not staying stagnant as a teacher? Yeah. You could easily phone it in and like, do the same flow of playlist, meaning like people will know how your class is structured. I try to keep it so that every single time they show up, it's still the soul cycle experience, but the way that they feel will be different. Or what we do in class is experimental in terms of the physicality of the workout. 
Um, I try to make sure that like I'm personally learning and growing myself and adding more education into my life, mm-hmm. which is another part of what I want to do in 2019. Yeah. Um, Speaking of. Speaking of. Oh, rise. Rise weekend. Rise weekend. Um, so we, honestly, this is how this, was how this whole, if, if you're not familiar, Rise Weekend is a two-day women's conference that I produce every year that now is three days. Three days. Um, so we added a third day because at the last conference, we had this exercise that we did where we asked people to check off different things on um, a box, different things that they've lived through, all these women. And there are 800 women in the audience. Do you know this story? I don't think I don't you think do. I do. Okay, so we we have this thing that Beans and I came up with. It's called Stand Up For Your Sister because we wanted a way to... Yes, I yes, do know okay, yeah. Keep telling it. So um, we have all these things that you check off, and one of the items on the list was, I hate the way I look. Right. And truthfully, I, I had added it a few days before the conference because I thought, oh, we should have something on there about body image. But it was truthfully a throwaway question. And we get to that's one of the last questions on the list, and almost every single woman in the room stands up. Hmm. And it didn't say, I dislike my body. It said, I hate, which is such, and words have power. Like words, that's, wow. And I just, I mean, in the footage, you can see, like, uh, first of all, I'm stunned. I'm just staring at the audience with my mouth open, and then I start crying. Because I'm like, how are we, this is 2018, I'm like, how are we still here? This room of powerful, beautiful, strong women who are warriors. Like we've just heard yeah. the things that they've lived through and what they've built and how they're showing up for themselves and their families. And you're still caught up in this. So that day I was like, I got to do something. Right. I don't know what, but I got to do something. And as we went into planning Rise Conference this year, the very first ones in Minneapolis, um, I thought, let's add an entire day. It's an add-on about health yeah like let's do a day devoted to health and the hilarity as per usual i had no idea what that is we still haven't narrowed it down but i knew that we could have some really compelling conversations i knew we could get some awesome speakers and i was taking your class one day and you said you know i don't even remember what it was but it was something like beautiful and wise and (laughs) funny and great and you made a joke and i was like I got to get Chris on stage with me. Hmm. And I don't know if I text you or how it came about. It was at the beer plant, the place that we went to. Uh, Yeah. I was like, would you consider? First, I think I asked you just to speak and you were like 100%. Yeah. And then I was like, will you be the MC? Like, will (laughs) you just, can you do what you do for a soul cycle class for 3,800 women? And you were like, a hundred percent. So we, which I love, it's so neat. Like we have no idea Let's what we're doing, go. but it's going to be epic <laughs> and we'll have a DJ. It'll be awesome. But we did talk, we had, when we went to drinks, uh, I don't know, six, eight weeks ago. And yeah. we talked about, we sort of vision cast for that day, like what our intentions would be. And it was an amazing conversation. Yeah. I thought it um, was. I was really excited about it. And, I thought we'd just talk about it a little bit for anybody who's going so they can get excited. The second conference is in outside of Dallas. Okay. Which people you knew that, right? Yes. We've booked you for. I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, please yeah, know yeah, that yeah. information. I just don't know um, what I'm supposed to be surprised about or not. <laughs> oh no, no, no. You're you're great. Um, so um but I wanted to give them just like a few things that we talked about that day and kind of our intentions with what we want to do for the women in the audience. Right. Um, so one of the things that we feel really passionately about is 
the idea of being in good health is about how you feel, not how you look. Because hmm. health, weight, calories, those things are very, very triggering for women. 100%. What, to talk about your experience with this with um, your students now. I mean, there's people on every different spectrum of it that are like have been bodybuilders or women bodybuilders mm -hmm. or um, people that come into the room super shy and have specific weight loss goals. And the thing about it is, is as they keep coming back, as they keep trusting themselves a little bit more, it becomes less about the weight and more about, like we say, the how they want to feel mm -hmm. and how they feel afterwards. Mm -hmm. And they know that when they commit to themselves, when they carve out the space for them to move their bodies, mm -hmm. that they find more clarity in their life that moves away from an obsession of, this is how what size I need to be. Mm -hmm. This is what I need to, this is the number I need to see on the scale. And it's pretty magnificent what happens when people cross the bridge between this is what I think should happen, mm -hmm. and then this is where I am, and this is how I want to feel. Yeah. Because if you're like, this is where I am, and this is a number that I want to hit, you're always going to ask for more. And that might lead you down a path that like, yeah. a lot of people would find trouble with. Absolutely. But if how I want to feel is a sensation that you're after or a mentality that you're going for, you know what it's going to take to get there. To get there. And you can get there any day of the week. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. And it becomes more of a practice mm -hmm. instead of a, I don't even want to call it a goal. Like, yeah. Because I can't remember the last time that I've weighed myself. And I used to struggle a lot yeah. with my own body image yeah. and weight and stuff like that. And especially in the gay community, like nowadays, it's harsh. Yeah. Um, Look, meaning like having the perfect body. Like having this. the perfect yeah. body. Yeah. All of that. Um, and so I think when we move away from an ideal that we think is what we're supposed to be into how we want to feel, that's when like the magic happens. Yeah. Yeah. Of like you, it's like getting rid of a toxic relationship with someone you recognize that you should have been out of a relationship with. Yes. Like weeks, months, years yes. ago. Yes. Well, one of the things we talked about, because the bound, the foundation, hello, foundation, <laughs> the foundation of rise has always been, we start with where we came from and then we work on where we're going. Right. And we talked about doing this with our relationship with our health in terms of starting with literally, where did you come from? Your family of origin right. and your culture, the place that you grew up in, because there's so much wrapped up in health beyond just whether or not you're able to try the latest like diet or right. get yeah. a gym like there's it's way more emotional like let's be real about this i was a gimmick for everything growing yeah. up like i believed what i was told about oh, yes my... tell the story i'm not laughing at you i'm no, laughing it's with funny. you it's laughable um the FDA had the food pyramid the growing up. The freaking food pyramid. And it was eight to 12 servings of grains a day yeah, is it healthy. It was, that, it was the basis. It was the base. The base of the triangle. Base for everything else. And so me and my second, third grade mind is like, I want to do good. Yeah. And I'm a six in the Enneagram, and so I'm loyal. Like, 
You're I'm loyal like, to those grains. I'm like, I want to do good. I want to yeah. like all the different things. And I would sit on my couch at home with a loaf of bread sure. and eat eight to 12 slices of bread Feels after right. school. Feels right. And then my mom and dad are like, why are we getting, why is the bread like going away so fast? It's like, well, it's because I'm eating it. Yeah, I'm I'm being healthy. I'm following. Um, I'm getting my my daily right. allotment. Yeah, and that is where I like yeah. started. Well, for me, my family on both sides is from Oklahoma, and so very Southern culture. Everything fried, everything covered in gravy and cheese, um, and for not only not only um, Southern culture, but also, um, and I say this with total respect for my grandparents, and I'm yeah. so proud of how hard they worked but poor yeah. poor southern culture so oftentimes then you're cooking what you can buy that you can buy in quantity so potatoes beans um you know cornbread like the things that we grew up eating um were not were not healthy i mean even as i'm because i'm the next book's about health yeah and even as i'm writing this down i legit can't remember eating vegetables that didn't come from a can yeah corn spinach from a can like right. popeye yeah. i mean um everything was fried and and the thing was when we got when it was a holiday or when we got some money we celebrated by getting more food so you right. celebrate by getting the things you normally can't aff afford so food for me was happiness food was what you did when you were stressed food what food was the the thing you could easily access that would alter your mood or the way that you celebrated. Wow. Right? What was food for you? Someone I I saw this on Oprah once. They were like, "What was food for you?" Food for me growing up was a battle. Ooh. Against yourself, like against I think or myself. Your parents, yeah. Or not it wasn't against my parents. Like I don't hold anything against my parents for how they fed us because yeah. they were doing the best with what they knew. Yeah. And oh, mine too. 100%. Right. Right. Yeah. Like it's not their fault. It's more of a systemic thing. Sure. Um, but I, like I said, my weight fluctuated so much. And then, like, I would go through the fads of, okay, the Atkins says no carbs. So yeah. I'm just going to eat chicken because this is hot and yeah. bacon. Like, <laughs> that's all I'm going to do. Yeah. Oh, the ab energizer on as seen on TV. Mom, I need this. I'm going to save up my allowance and buy this. And like, it ended up being this weird relationship where mm. it was the food will make me feel a certain way and how I look. But if I mess up how I eat, it was always a negative yes. um, spiral that would yes. happen. I, I asked this question years ago to a girlfriend of mine who um, battled uh, eating disorder her right. whole life. And um, I asked, you know, what is food to you? And she said, food is the enemy. Right. And I was like, oh, because mine is like food is my friend. Right. Food, Same here right? now. Like Food's a friend. <laughs> um, but that that every everybody has such a different response to it. And I think you guys said I, or maybe Brad said this when we that night when we were talking about all these ideas that we have for the conference, which is going to be so much fun. Mm -hmm. um, but he said that y'all have a friend. And I have said this on live stream, like, I will own this for the rest of my life because I say it to myself now all the time, who asks herself before she eats, 
This is like her diet. Will this bring me joy? Oh, I thought it was will this bless my body? Will this bless my body? Yeah. Yeah. Like, or joy. Right. Um, Because I'm like, nachos will bring me joy, son. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But she asked, will this bless my body? And I thought that was the simplest, most beautiful I have used that all the time now. And it's a prayer. It's, it is a prayer. And it's, I can't tell you how often I'm like, you know what? No, actually you need some protein. Or right. you know what? No, you need some greens. Or you need, yeah. you know, the other night I had a cookie and I was like, yes, this will bless my body. This is exactly <laughs> what I need right now. Um, so it's not about, um, it's not about a certain diet or a different, and, and I think it's worth saying as we walk into this conference, we're being really mindful of not like if people think that they're going to come and get like Chris and Rach's diet, diet plan. No, no, we <laughs> exercise no, plan. <laughs> no, we want you to leave feeling really. We want you to leave feeling informed, and we want you to leave feeling um, proud of yourself and your body and what you seeing it as a blessing and feeling strong and able to make decisions that are about you feeling better, not you fitting into a certain size of jeans. Exactly. Yeah. And I think food and movement are tied in together in that they're both spiritual. Mm. At least that's the view that I've adapted now is that when I move my body, when I feed it things that allow it to move at its best, but also not just move at its best, but at a very internal level feel its best, I'm able to connect in different ways with people or with, would you call it God, the universe, Mm -hmm. whatever the spirit is that you would say connects us as humans. I'm able to do that. And food and movement are those two gateways to that for me. That's so good. Um, So, I mean, I guess that's worth saying. We don't know exactly what it's going to be, but it's going to be epic. It's going to be good. Yeah, it's going to be real good. There's going to be lots and I don't of music. Think it's lots of music, lots I of hope, movement. I, my mission is that everybody should just be in like athleisure or like workout gear. Yes. Because we're going to move. should be comfortable. Yeah, that day. The other day, wear a cuter outfit. But that first day, <laughs> you better be ready to move. Do not wear your heels, girls. No, don't wear your heels or you're going to be sad. I'm going to ask you to take it off yeah, and exactly. throw it up in the air. And we have some really awesome speaker. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be so fun. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait. I think what what's going to be cool is that – some people who are coming to that first day weren't able to get tickets to the right. other two days. Some people, um, like, are pushing themselves outside of their comfort zone, trying something that they've never done before. And what I love is there will be people who come in on day two, which is, like, when the conference officially starts. Because right. health day is day one. Day one. Which we got to get a better name for. Wait, we did it. We did. We did. What's the number? What's day two and day three called? Day one. Day two is own your. Yes, thank we did you, it. friend. Okay. So day two has always been own your past. Day three has always been own your future. And then I said this to Chris and Brad, and they were like, "Oh, own your present." <laughs> so and that's, Rich was like, "Yes, yes so, that's it." <laughs> yeah. So that is what day one is about. We're saying health, but that's not a good description. It really is. How do you own right now today? How do you get enough sleep? How do you get enough water? How do you? eat foods that bless your body? How do you do physical activity that makes you feel good and use that to give yourself the energy to show up for your life in the way that you want to? Exactly. And it's going to be real good music. 
Because mm-hmm. Asan's a DJ, so you know. <laughs> Asan's coming back? Oh, oh, Asan is like, my mission is that. He needs to be that at every single one. Of, is he, he is. He okay. is. And If y'all my, don't know Asan, ugh. like, you need to book him for your wedding, Everything. for anything. Yeah, no, he's, like, they, if they've gone to any of our events, he's always been our DJ, okay. so they love him. So they him. know. But my mission is like, someday when Ellen retires, and then they give me the, that <laughs> slot on TV, that Asan will be my DJ. Putting it into existence. Just put that into the universe. Um, Hey, man, thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. This was such a fun interview because it was like we went all over the place. We went all yeah. over the place. But I feel like they got to um, meet you. I hope that they got to meet you and hear your heart. And this is this is nothing. A, if you can get into one of Chris Chandler. This is name. If you can get into one of Chris's class here in Austin, you will bless your life like you don't even know. And please introduce yourself to me if you do yes. come. Please, please, oh please. Oh, my gosh. And he's he's so nice. Um, he will he will give you a hug and he will but be I'll so... But he'll kick your butt, Yeah, too. he'll kick your butt. <laughs> um, where can they follow you on Instagram? Instagram is Christopher Jacob Chandler. Christopher Jacob Chandler. Full name want, yep. because there's too many Chris Chandlers in this yep, world. There you go. Um, and then website will be live in January. ChristopherJacobChandler.com. Yeah, it will. Yeah, it will. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Hey, y'all. We should hang out on more than just this podcast, which means that the next time you're on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube, be sure and type Rachel Hollis into the search bar and check out all the fun things we have going on on your favorite platform. Rise Conference is back on. Well, I mean, I guess it was always on, but we put tickets on sale a couple of months ago, and I don't know if you heard, but our women's conference sold out in 27 minutes. Almost 4,000 people. 27 minutes. It's bananas. We were super happy. A lot of people online, super bummed out. Because so many of you have looked forward to going. So many of you have been saving up money. So many of you wanted to experience Rise Weekend for yourselves. Well, sister, we got you. We are coming in hot to Garland, Texas. Come on, you knew I had to do the great state of Texas, right? It's about 20 minutes outside of Dallas. It's an awesome, incredible space. And it's happening in July. July 18th, 19th, and 20th, to be exact. So if you want to experience Rise Weekend, get your cowboy boots out, get a hat. You don't have to. Uh, But make sure you're ready for January 28th. Tickets will go on sale. And I don't know how it could be possible that we would sell out again, but we might. And you don't want to miss out on your chance to buy your tickets. For more information, go to theholliscode.com.